standby to launch FanStream Sports. Three, two, one. Let's start. Hello, sports fans. Welcome to FanStream Sports. Nothing, nothing but pure sports. Welcome to the Buckeye Blitz on FanStream Sports, powered by DSP Media. I'm Jeff Fedoff. Tito, they call me. Follow me on Twitter at Fit Happens. Um, love to hear from you. Feedback, any questions you've got, I would love to fe- uh, to hear back from you. At Fit Happens on Twitter. Um, 59 days until the Indiana game for Ohio State to kick off the football season uh, on the road for Ohio State in Bloomington, a Big Ten game to start the season. 52 days until the start of the season. They used to call it week zero. Now I think it's all just kind of lumped into week one. But there are games 52 days from now. Most notably, Notre Dame Navy is the one in Ireland that I think most people are paying attention to. Um, Some news that's come out lately is that uh, they put themes on all these home games for Ohio State. And October 21st, when Ohio State hosts Penn State, it's called Scarlet the Shoe. When they went over to Scarlet to the game, it's you know our version of the whiteout, whatever you want to call it. Uh, speaking of Penn State, by the way, they've had success under James Franklin. Now, Penn State certainly has had um, some hard times uh, with all the scandals involving, obviously, Joe Paterno and Jerry Sandusky and all that, and had some lean years. And I look, with how great Penn State was when they came into the Big Ten, I'm not sure if they've lived up to what we thought Penn State would bring to the Big Ten. Now, certainly not on the end of Nebraska. Nebraska's been the one that's disappointed me the most on what they've done since they came to the Big Ten. I was hoping for the Tom Osborne-ish kind of Nebraska Cornhuskers. Never got it. Uh, Penn State for years was a consistent top ten team and a a national title contender, and they haven't really been that for quite a while. Um, It seems like they could beat everybody except – Michigan and Ohio State when it comes to the, you know the big games when they need to win those. But anyway, uh, James Franklin came out, though, the, their head coach, and he was talking to on three sports recently. And here's a couple of quotes, by the way, that I picked up on uh, from that. He said, I uh, genuinely believe we are a better position than ever before to win a national championship. Our coaching staff and the support we receive from the university administration are exceptional. I said that. He also followed up with this. And this is the part that was interesting to me, is really the one thing that's lagging that we got to get right is NIL. I think we are ahead in the right direction, but we also need to be willing to talk about it publicly. Hopefully a bunch of Penn State, um, Penn Staters understand the importance of it. So interesting about that is because I, I know Ohio State has recently amped up their NIL game. And some of it's been from, you know, pleas from Ryan Day and pleas from Gene Smith to alumni and businesses and Ohio State fans to get involved. There are a lot of different options now, ways you can do it. Um, uh, Todd Markowitz, who was the uh, general manager of 97.1 The Fan, uh, the flagship station in Columbus that carries all the Ohio State things here, ESPN affiliate in Columbus, he left his post with 97.1 to go to be the president of this 1870, 1870 foundation, where it is an NIL collective also. And uh, Tyvis Powell, former Buckeye, also involved in that uh, with uh, Markowitz. But so Ohio State's ramped up their game there. And James Franklin's kind of saying, look, this is the only thing holding us back. So I understand why he says it, but I, look, the universities and the, the ADs and the, the coaches, the people that are out there that are most well known are going to keep begging for money, begging for NIL, and thinking that will end up being the difference for them. This whole NIL thing, though, is so – it's such a mess as far as you've got the NCAA saying, we wish the government would get involved and regulate this because we can't figure it out. And the NCAA is like, no, it's kind of your problem. And the NCAA is – they kind of – they didn't really think this whole thing through when they started with the NIL. They didn't do a good job of 
understanding what problems could be happening, could be coming through NIL. Uh, you get Nick, Nick Saban out there saying, oh, I, a parody's a good thing. I, I, it's never going to be equal. It's never going to be even. There's always going to be the haves and the have-nots. Ohio State will always be among the haves. Alabama, Georgia, Michigan, nothing's really changed. I, I You'll see once in a while a situation where a team that um, maybe did not, was not a blue blood school, didn't have a great tradition, will end up raising some money somehow or getting a coach, and they will raise up and jump up in the rankings and make a push, especially when we get to the 12-team playoff now, where now in 2024, you'll have an opportunity to say you're a playoff team. Only four teams can do it every year. Now 12 teams will be able to do it. And so you will see teams sneak into that and get that moniker playoff team. Uh, you know, they qualify for the playoffs or whatever. So you will still see things like that, but it's still going to be it. Like it's going to be the same schools are still going to keep on rolling and doing well. Ohio State, Alabama, Georgia, Michigan, uh, LSU. Those schools will all still keep doing what they're what they've been successful with so far. Speaking of being successful doing what you do, Ohio State's made a lot of great moves as far as the 2024 recruiting class goes when it comes to the defensive side of the ball. Uh, they just picked up Justin Scott who um, is from Chicago. It's Chicago, it's St. Ignatius, which I know there's a Cleveland St. Ignatius in Ohio, but he's from Chicago, a St. Ignatius school there. The number 14 overall prospect in the country. Um, he is a uh, uh, a, um, uh, a five-star kid, obviously. Anyway, defensive lineman. And it looked like he was going to be headed to Michigan in, for the 2024 season, uh, 2024 class, I should say. But then he made a trip to Columbus. And he talked to Ryan Day, talked to Larry Johnson, the legendary recruiter and coach for Ohio State, who's done such a great job um, at developing players to get ready for the NFL. And basically, that's what Ohio State sold um, sold him on. That's what they told uh, Scott was that they're like, look, hey, we're, we're in three years. If three years, if you're in three years, by the time your third year ends, if you're not an NFL prospect, if that's not your next step, We've done something wrong. And you look at what Larry Johnson's been able to do with all of the guys that he's recruited, all the guys he's brought on that have uh, gone on to great success in the NFL. And so that's what Justin Scott was looking at when he decided to commit to Ohio State over Michigan, uh, Notre Dame, Miami, Illinois. And so he was sold on the fact that he saw what Larry Johnson was able to do with guys like Chase Young, um, uh, the, the Bosa brothers, guys like that. Even the guys on the team now that are going to be going to the NFL draft coming up. And, uh, you know, so – that's what they sold him on, and they did a great job on that. What I love about this is that the coaching staff is working together to get people that will fit in to the offense of Coach Jim Knowles and what Knowles does, the defensive coordinator for Ohio State, and what he's able to do. And, you know, Knowles, when he came on last year, he was forced more or less to work with guys that were already in the system. Now, they were great for most of the season. His defense worked great for most of the season, but – now he's getting a chance to get more guys in. Now, this is 2024 class, but he's getting more guys that are going to be coming in that he thinks that guy is a good fit for my system. And that's what's great about this Ohio State thing going forward. They've got – look, they could end up with the top recruiting class in the country for 2024, depending how it all finishes up. Right now, Georgia's still number one. Um, but uh, one of the things Scott said was – this is a quote from him. Coach John said, in four years – okay, you're not potentially looking at NFL, but I didn't do my job – and that's why they wanted to get it. And that's what sold him on coming to Ohio State. That's what got uh, Justice Scott to come here to Ohio State. So, anyway, it was a surprise because most people thought he would end up at Michigan. And he ends up 
uh, coming to Ohio State. They also landed Ohio State. They got a top five cornerback, uh, Bryce West, number 29 overall. He is also, uh, he's from Glenville uh, High School up in Ohio, uh, up here in Ohio, sorry, Glenville High School, which is up north. Uh, he is a six foot, 185 pound uh, cornerback for um, for his high school. And he is the 10th player that was in the ESPN 300 to commit to the Buckeyes at the time. Now, obviously, it's changed with with uh, Justin, uh, Justin uh, Scott coming on. But so, uh, again, Ohio State now getting these guys in that Knowles wants that will fit his defense. Uh, they also got a tight end, uh, Dar- Demarion Witten. He also is coming to the Buckeyes. He's a tight end. Um, he is, excuse me, um, also out of Glenville High School, same school, hell of a team. And he is the number 19 tight end uh, nationally, and that's according to 24-7 Sports. The Ohio State got a four-star safety from New Jersey, Jalen McClain. And um, it's another one too. He's offered back in March, but now he's also come on to Ohio State after uh, several months after he was um, a recruiter offered by Ohio State. So he's a, a six foot, one hundred eighty-five pound uh, safety for them out of um, Seton Hall Prep in New Jersey. So these are all wonderful things for Ohio State, and you can see the momentum building with this twenty twenty-four recruiting class. Twenty twenty-three is be a huge year for Ohio State, but twenty twenty-four is when it gets real when USC gets in here and they go divisionless. And so just the top two teams get in. Ohio State is is positioned to have a fantastic season in 2023 again. They're positioned that way. But 2024 now, this class coming in looks really good, which is exactly what Ryan Day needed. Now, I will tell you this. All these 2024 guys are verbal commitments. They're not, they're not signed on the dotted line yet. We've seen plenty of guys that have committed to Ohio State or other schools, whatever, uh, early. And then they did the verbal commit and then changed their minds and flipped and went somewhere else. So that could still happen with some of these guys. So just keep that in mind. But I always say it is great PR. It's great press if Ohio State, because right now, I think they've got the number two class, if I'm not mistaken, in the 2024 season now and still could surpass Georgia, believe it or not, which is amazing. You know, Georgia's got Dillary Ola, former Ohio State verbal commit. Perfect example there of somebody who you can't, an instance where you can't necessarily trust somebody committing early. But uh, it, and I'm not saying all these guys will stick with Ohio State, and I'm certainly not saying all these guys are going to be studs for Ohio State. It's good PR right now. It helps build momentum then, and then you start. it starts affecting the 2025 class. The 2024 class also, they can still get more guys in this, and you might see a player who says, you know what, the fact that guy's going there and that guy's going there and that defense is going to look like that, I want to be a part of that. I could be a stud on that team also. So it's all momentum building. It's all PR, though, right now. Until they sign on the line and get on the field for Ohio State, it's all PR is what it is right now. Uh, I want to talk about basketball for a minute before we get out of here. Men's basketball. Adam Jardy, the Columbus Dispatch, put this out. And I've always wondered about this, about, you know, we know the football gets highly publicized for all the money they pay to opponents to come to Ohio State, which is why, and Ohio State likes keeping the money in-state. So they always try to schedule at least one, you know, in-state opponent to keep the all the the money in state Youngstown State's coming here this season and Ohio State is going to pay them a good amount of money to come here and not do the home and home they don't do home and homes with like Ohio schools it's strictly coming here we'll pay you this much and sometimes they say we're going to cancel this game we're going to give you this money to, to buy you out of the game the reason I bring all this up now going back to it the basketball 
I always wondered what the basketball teams paid out, what the basketball program, what the athletic department paid out to basketball teams to come to Ohio State to play, because these aren't home and homes typically. It's uh, the, the the preseason, uh, preseason, the uh, non-conference schedule. Usually, there's a couple of things that get worked in there, tournaments and whatnot. But a lot of the times, they build in, you know, a, a handful of cupcakes the wrong word a handful of opponents that ohio state shouldn't lose to but they can get some time in so ohio state this year i'm driving to the dispatch also bucknuts picked this up but they're gonna pay they've got six home non-conference opponents this year that they're paying four hundred fifty-five thousand dollars total for those six so central michigan uh, Merrimack and Miami University in New Orleans each get $90,000 to come here. Oakland gets $95,000. Oakland's in Michigan, by the way, not Oakland, California. The Buckeyes, when they play Texas A&M, um, they're doing the home-and-home home on that one. So they don't pay A&M. A&M doesn't pay Ohio State for that. But um, so I, I thought that was interesting that all that happened. I guess the other thing I thought was interesting in the, in the article was that uh, the Jordy pointed out was that um, Ohio State – will give 100 tickets out to the other school to distribute among their you know, their, their players, families, whatever, their AD, their athletic department, all the stuff that they want to do, people want to come. For in-state opponents, they'll give more tickets. They'll give 250. So they play Miami, Ohio. They're giving them 250 tickets for the game. Uh, the Buckeyes also get $25,000 to go up to Cleveland to play West Virginia in the Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse. Uh, that's on December 30th. No Huggy Bear. We know about that. Bob Huggins uh, no longer, obviously, with the uh, uh, West Virginia Mountaineers. And the Buckeyes, and this is amazing to me, they get 250000 to play in the CBS Sports Classic. Uh, that'll be on Saturday, December 16th. That's that thing that rotates among when you got Ohio State, Kentucky, North Carolina, UCLA. And nothing's been announced yet officially. There's all this speculation out there. It looks like speculation it looks like ohio state will probably play ucla this year um but we'll, we'll find out again closer to the season we'll get more information on that on what's going to happen there uh if who in fact ohio state will end up playing um for that another note i want to get into about uh, jim harbaugh and ohio state i think woody hayes was the one who really first started doing this but um he would have a, a portion of every practice uh reportedly a portion of every practice was just strictly about beating Michigan, just planning for Michigan. They would have a portion of practice where they would focus on something they're going to do against Michigan, something they want to accomplish against Michigan. So they would start that very early in the you know, summer, early fall, when they would start working on that, where every practice had a part of it that was devoted to focusing on the Michigan game. Earl Bruce continued it. I don't think John Cooper had it, which may explain a few things. Uh, Trestle did it, though. And it got to the point where with Urban, Urban Meyer said he had one coach specifically he hired and his only job, I was a coach, but one one person specifically hired for the football team whose entire job was just to watch Michigan. Scout Michigan every game, report back to Urban and the coaches about what Michigan did this week, what the opponent did this week that worked, and build up a database of things that you could do to beat Michigan. So it's obviously taken very seriously. Jim Harbaugh's kind of taken a page out of that out of that playbook, and every practice he's got um, some a segment of drills that, that what they're calling it uh, that's beat Ohio State. What's interesting though, so I'm fine with that. Like, mad respect, good. You should focus on that. That's good. Michigan Ohio State, the rivalry needs to be great, needs to be competitive. Um, you know, obviously, Ohio State's lost the last two, and they've had more talented teams, by the way. Um, 
this is Harbaugh's best team I think he's had probably in his tenure at Michigan coming up. But Ohio State's also very strong game up in Ann Arbor this year. But I think it's great that Harbaugh's doing that. But the other thing that's kind of a cocky, arrogant thing that Harbaugh's doing is focusing on Georgia. And that seems kind of ballsy because, one, they got to make the playoffs still. Two, they'd have to play Georgia again. But supposedly that's what Harbaugh's also doing is having a, a part of the practice devoted, strictly devoted to like beat Georgia. They've got to beat Georgia, the part of the practice of beat Ohio State, part of the practice. And that's what they're doing now uh, up in Ann Arbor. So uh, thank you so much for tuning in, by the way. Uh, this is uh, the Buckeye Daily Blitz. I'm Jeff Fidoff. At Fit Happens, where you can follow me. This is on FanStream Sports, powered by DSP Media. We got a lot of other programs that are great on here. You can check them out. So many other things to look at, uh, listen to. And, uh, you know, but there's a, a lot of great talent and great shows that go on here with uh, DSP Media. So thank you so much for tuning in. And uh, let's talk again soon. Follow me on Twitter again, at Fit Happens, where you can find me. Take care. <laughs>